The Oxford Dictionary defines reality as the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them, a thing that exists in fact, having previously only existed in one's mind, or an existence that is absolute, self-sufficient, or objective, and not subject to human decisions or conventions. Welcome to the Unreality Podcast. As I did in the last episode, trying to do uh, my best to define nihilism, today is Charlie's turn to share the philosophy that runs her life. So Charlie, what is spiritualism? So I think that it's a system of belief in a spiritual entity or entities like a god or gods, but the form that spiritual belief can take is variable. So it could be following a particular religious practice, a particular religion, or it could be a more abstract experience of spirituality. Okay, so what's really the difference between spiritualism and religion or following a religion? So I think if we're talking about following a spiritual path, I think it's more flexible than following a religion and if i think about my own spirituality i don't see myself as following any particular rules or so do, do spiritualism have leaders like religions do no they don't have to so you don't have to have a religious leader or um or a temple or a church that you go to that doesn't even have to necessarily involve community. So I think it's more open-ended. Then you're a spiritual person, but then not a religious person then? Absolutely not. I wouldn't refer to myself as religious at all. Okay, so once we clear the air on that, uh, what is spiritualism? Like we, You just defined spiritualism to us, but I want to know what spiritualism is to you. So um, I just want to say that I'm aware that spirituality and religion can be a turnoff for people, and I'm trying not to scare people <laughs> away from the podcast. So I just want to be clear in saying that I don't believe in preaching or proselytizing, and I really believe that everyone has their own path in this world, and if what I'm talking about resonates with you, then that's fine. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. It's really, I'm really neutral about that. So just wanted to get that out of the way before I um, go into this a bit further. Uh, so you might think of spirituality as having to follow a particular theology or religion, but I've grown more accustomed to viewing the world as a classroom where everything that seemingly happens to you, good or bad, has a lesson to be learned. And the goal is to find your way home to God or whatever you want to call God, creator, great spirit, Allah, so, etc. So in this case, what you're saying is, um, we were talking in the last episode how nihilism is not something that is close. You can be a nihilist, but have like different, you know, um, 
influences.、Mm-hmm. So spiritualism, you don't follow a, sp- a specific, or in this case, you don't follow a specific、uh, spiritual a spiritualist path. You create your own spirituality, right? Well, you could say that I create my own, or you could also say that I I'm open to being guided in the way that、um, to find the the information or the The learning opportunities that apply to me at this point in my experience of the world. I don't want to say life. Like we we called this podcast unreality for a reason because I really think all of this is very unreal.、Um, so maybe I'll just call it an unreality. I'll say <laughs> the way I experience this unreality. That's well. That that sounds like a. I mean, that's a great way to. To look at it. So back to what I was saying. Just in the case of the seemingly bad things that happen to you, I think it's an opportunity to forgive and heal.、Um, and、uh, the seemingly good things that happen to you could be interpreted as kind of like a mirror of the state of unity and love that I believe is our natural state and our true self. So you you believe that. Our true self is a good self.、Uh, not necessarily good or bad. I think those are social constructs. <laughs>、um, but that,、um, I think, if you equate good with love, then love is our natural state and our true self. Sounds good. Um. So spiritual spirituality for me is really.、Um, As I was saying, an analysis of how I experience the world. So, for example, being conscious of my thoughts and working on making my thoughts more loving is one of the biggest challenges. But I think one of the main points of my spirituality. And so,、um, I also believe what happens in your mind is of the utmost importance, as opposed to focusing on. The form of the external world. So, for example, how you or I look, or anyone else, what we wear, where we live, how much money we make, what we do for a living—none of it really matters. And、um, it's just an opportunity for learning. And I think this agrees with nihilism, because none of it has meaning. But, like I said, I think it it helps facilitate. In 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 my View it helps facilitate a learning process. In in some way, I agree with you, but when you say, for example, you say things that happens in your mind, it does make me think, what is the mind? Does the mind is the mind the brain? Is that does that actually exist? Well, and I think if you want me to go deeper into that, like I don't think the mind is the brain. I think the mind is something larger than that. It's It's essentially our consciousness, our collective consciousness, and the brain. I view the brain as a limit on that consciousness. So, so the limits are perception. You mean? So I think we're not in touch with the full consciousness. Consciousness,、um, because we're we're in a world of limits and limitations, and the brain is one of those. Limits on this consciousness as we experience it. 
So the new Black Mirror episodes, for example. Yeah, the, oh my gosh, yeah, that, we were talking about Like, that. No, we don't want to give a lot of spoilers if people haven't no, watched this. No, exactly, but the, the one yeah. um, with Miley Cyrus and the It can resonate, doll. right? It can yeah. really resonate. <laughs> yeah. So, so what is your personal brand of spiritualism then? So it really took me quite some time to arrive where I am today in terms of my worldview or my ideology. Um, it borrows from different religions and spiritual beliefs. So I noticed that it, it draws from some ideas uh, in Buddhism and Christianity as well, but also um, certain indigenous spiritual beliefs and practices and also paganism. When you mean indigenous, you mean, in this case, your indigenous ancestry, right? Well, yeah, I guess for the listeners, I can share that I'm um, mixed. Um, I'm Lenape and Mohawk and Ojibwe, as well as European. Um, so I've been exposed. Um, so so for the listeners, these are uh, Native American? Yeah, Native American. Yeah. I say Indigenous, I, Native American. So specifically, I've been exposed to um, Ganyagahaga or Mohawk uh, spiritual ideas and also Ojibwe or Anishinaabe spiritual ideas. So I, I can draw from those as well when I'm sort of analyzing my my beliefs. Okay, so like you talk about origins. Let's 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 go deeper in that. So let let's talk about like where okay, so why am I where I am now? So <laughs> um my so my origins of becoming spiritual are not very romantic and it's you can kind of look at it like I maybe I had like a brief mental like, breakdown. But um, so about three years ago, and Marcos, you can attest to this because you were around when this was all going on. I was on parental leave and oh. I was home alone. I was sort of around. I was I was when you were on parental leave, I was working all day. But... Yeah, you were working all day. But so I was home alone all day when I did see you. <laughs> um, so I was home alone all day with our infant daughter and I started you know I just I had some time on my hands like my you know the baby would sleep a lot and um and when I was nursing her and I would either you know be watching tv or reading or in my phone so I, I started spending a lot of time on reddit which I don't recommend but um you can I go mean reddit has a lot of good stuff and a lot of not good stuff you can just end up down a rabbit hole and never come out Considering all the forums out there, Reddit <laughs> is the most complete in a balanced thing of good things and terrible things you can find. Which are all social constructs, I guess you could argue. 100%. But um, so, so I was spending a lot of time on, on Reddit and um, one of the, the subreddits I ended up on was about Mandela effects. And... Um, here so, we go. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't want to get into much into too much detail about Mandela effects and what I think about them. But I'll just I, I pulled a definition here from what is dot com for you guys. Uh that for those of you that don't know what a Mandela effect is. So 
They are an observed phenomenon in which a large segment of the population misremembers a significant event or shares a memory of an event that did not actually occur. Um, so you could also reframe this like this definition says misremembers a significant event. But I think those that really believe in Mandela effects would say that it wasn't that they misremembered it, it's that that well that thing they remembered is not the same. Well, so basically as it was. Basically, when you have a bunch of people who remembers the same thing wrong, you call it a Mandela effect. Yeah, but um, but I'm not here to no, but, but to convince anyone that Mandela effects are real or not. The, the, the... In your case, for example, you have experienced this. So, so the whole point about why I'm bringing up Mandela effects is because I experienced a few that really kind of shook me and. They made me question whether or not reality was really solid or fluid. So I think that's the whole point of why I'm bringing up Mand the Mandela effect um, concept. It's because it made me question everything. I think we need some examples. So, for example, the big one that I think most people know of, if you know about Mandela effects, is the spelling of the Berenstein Bears, the children's book series. And um, and then the one that really bothered me was the the JFK assassination, like the footage, um, because well, a, a lot of people knows about the conspiracy behind this. But the Mandela effect, it's I think even brings a lot more controversy, right? Yeah, it does. So there, I mean, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories about what happened that yeah. day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. But um, the Mandela effect, it's it's regarding the actual footage of the events that occurred that day. And so I, some years ago, I watched a documentary on Netflix and uh, recall that there had been, it was a two-seater car and there were only four people in the car. So it was a convertible yeah. with two lines of seats. Yeah. And that in the front you had the driver and a secret service agent. And then in the back you had Jackie and john mm -hmm. f kennedy but um so when you watch the footage again what what does it show now i came back to it yeah and i and i was just like floored because it's like i didn't recognize what i was looking at because it was a three three row, three rows three rows mm -hmm. and who was sitting who's sitting in the middle in those two extra seats in the middle you had the governor and his wife and i just and she was she was holding flowers and i just didn't recognize the car and that I didn't remember them being in the car and it just freaked me out. I was just really freaked out about it. For so what a while. what about but now that you know you are in this new path, are you still freaked out about this thing? No, absolutely not. So now that I'm settled in my beliefs um and kind of like 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 a nihilist I know that it doesn't matter and it doesn't mean anything anyway. So that's why I'm not freaked out about it. But because... Well, you can create a meaning. That's We were talking about that yeah. in the last episode with existentialism. Part of nihilism, but more like a soft version of it. You can create your own meaning. And it's fine you create your own meaning of, you can create your meaning of it. So what Mandela effects helped me do was question the nature of reality. That's all it did for me. And so... Once that happened, I, I kind of leapt into, I guess, other ideas that I wasn't open to until I was able to sit and say, wait a minute, 
reality isn't what I think it is. And um, so, so what are these new ideas that came after Mandela Effects? Well, the new ideas for me. So what came right after Mandela Effects, I, I, I think one of the sub, one of the posts led me to another subreddit, um, the Law of Attraction which some believe is a is a law of our universe and i guess the basic premise is that like attracts like and that is this is this connected to the secret for example yeah it's connected to that whole um that movement um well but but, book the secret and but the whole thing here for for, for i remember reading about the secret is the secret is all about getting riches and and it's basically an ego-based exactly it's about using the power of your thoughts for personal gain is this your experience with loss of attraction? So I started reading about um, the law of attraction and uh, some of the recommended materials in that subreddit included um, a book by Pam Grout called E Squared. And I started with that book and it contains a series of experiments. And note, they're not scientific experiments. They're just experiments to show you that it's really to reveal to you the power of your, your thoughts. Well, to be completely honest, as someone who has been next to you on this part of this path, mm-hmm. a scientific, like I, I always say scientific experiments or the scientific method basically says that you can repeat experiment several times and get the same results. Mm-hmm. So you never, you never repeated the same experiment. No. What is true is you did do certain manifestations and every single time that thing showed up that's true so it was my experience of the law of attraction my experience of it is that it is true um where do i go from there i didn't want to get into too much detail about my experience of the law of attraction maybe we can have an episode on that 100%. but um but just to say this is sort of the path i took to get to where i am now so well um, like would you say what was the like i know but i want you to say it what was the last thing that the law of attraction actually brought you in one word forgiveness yeah exactly so the last experiment i did in pam grout's book um so i did this experiment and i asked for a physical object and that object did come to me but it came to me through pain but on the bright side of that whole experience, I I had this amazing realization that I had this opportunity to forgive somebody, and so, um, and and that experience led me out of that whole Mandela effect, law of attraction, to like hole, the, to like a new thing into something completely different, and so, um. So what does this like? different thing uh looks like so so this book this so the law of attraction it opened me up to the possibility of spiritual guidance is what that book did for me in the end and this idea of forgiveness and so things just started happening so for example my itunes app started playing random songs in my phone when i hadn't opened the app or even I hadn't used my iTunes in years and all of a sudden it started playing music or looking for a particular book in the library and finding a different book altogether so one example is I was 
looking in the online catalog and I was looking for one a particular book and saw there was an ebook version oh, available. I, I remember I remember that. And it was a different book entirely. I do remember that. And so <laughs> um and then I disregarded it and the next day um the book reappeared. I watched this YouTube video on I forget what the video was about. Uh, t- top 10 reasons that time travel is a possibility. Well, that that kind of the conversation there is how Google uh, well, knows everything. Can, well, all of these things you can argue. There's this, you know. Well, your scientific your phone, like your 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 Apple phone, it's known for having issues of like reproducing songs randomly, but it's usually linked to the use of the Pandora app that you never used. No. And the one, the most recent song it played, it the lyrics are very. Um, they're relevant. I mean, you could also say, oh, you're just reading into it. But the Maybe. song re- makes reference to forgiving <laughs> and arriving. Anyway, um, so, so anyway, to, to talk a little bit more about what, so what yeah, happens, so what, what's, what's what does next? guidance look like? So uh, sometimes I'm I'm at the point now where I see images when I do meditation and sometimes it could even be the cover of a book which happened recently and I'll recognize it and I'll be like oh I should look at that book then or sometimes it's the opposite where I think a book might be helpful and then it becomes inaccessible to me when I try to purchase it or borrow it um, so anyways all to say um, my primary material that I refer to um, and the book that I ultimately landed on and that I haven't veered away from that I keep referring to is dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, it's called A Course in Miracles. Wait, so I, I think the name of the book already gives me like some like some questions I want to ask you. <laughs> and because I think this is a book I obviously heard a lot lately, right? Uh, from you and and i and i know what the book more or less is about and clearly is everything but miracles <laughs> well in the sense of like it's a course of miracles but really like it, it, it it's like a for me it sounds like a weird title so what what is really the book about so you know it's funny you say that because i was drawn to the book because i was thinking oh cool wouldn't it be awesome if i could perform miracles and that's what like (laughs) that was the hook it was like it drew me right in i was like yeah i'm gonna perform miracles but then you you know i didn't really understand what a miracle was until i got into the book and then i understood what the that it's not just like magic it's it's really an act of love and forgiveness ultimately so so basically what you're saying is being able to forgive is a miracle in itself yes that that sounds that sounds like a thing yeah yeah so if i had to sum up that book in one word ultimately it's about forgiveness and it goes a lot deeper than that but on a superficial level it's really just about forgiveness and so and i, I we just talked a little bit about that I had that really profound experience in forgiving while I was doing those law of attraction experiments Uh and so I find it very fitting that I landed on this book which is ultimately um, about a forgiveness practice Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, in this case, uh, like it's about forgiveness. What, what, what is this? Where did this book come from? Who, who wrote it? Where is? Yeah. So, um, so it's a it's a bit of a mystical book. It's a book that is believed to have been channeled by its scribe. Uh, her name is Helen Shookman, and she was a clinical and research psychologist at Columbia University. Um, starting in the late 1950s up until she retired in 1976. And um, so the book, it consists of three parts. There's the text, the workbook, and the manual for teachers. So it's really like taking a course at, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more deep and complex, but it's like taking a university course, um, but it's self-study and... It's your life circumstances that make up the curriculum. So there's people actually like teaching this because you said there's a material for teachers. So is it so? Isn't that preaching? No, because it's not. It's not teaching in the sense of you know, drawing a crowd, and preaching to the crowd. It's about. So you're a student of the course up until a point when you've mastered it. And then you could coach others. You can coach others, but you're not necessarily telling them about A Course in Miracles or directly teaching or, A Course in Miracles. Or selling something. Like, it's like it's, it's the way you carry yourself in life. And I think it's just that the third part, I think it's just more advanced information. So when you're... When you've completed the, so right now, for example, like this, there's like there's a workbook, there's like the the long like the, the textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you in in for example the tech the text part and and the work part the the work the work the workbook the workbook, and how how is this you know change the way you know you you how does this change your daily life I would say. So I completed. My first round of reading the text. Um, so it's supposed, you're supposed recently. to read it more than once. Oh, I, I, I don't think there are any rules, but for me, I definitely I started reading it again. So I finished the text, and wanted to go back and read it again, um, because the the material is very dense. It's. But is it supposed to be like it? I don't want to compare it, but is it supposed to be like a Bible, more like a reference book, or is it supposed to be a book you have to read the whole thing? I think it's important to read the whole thing. Like if you're dedicating yourself to doing the course, I think it's important. It's like, I don't know, it's like taking any course. Like, I guess you could just, in this case, do the workbook and not read the text, but you're going to be missing some of the substance. So... It's like going to class and maybe not doing your readings. Like well, that looks like me. Yeah, you're gonna t- have. There are gonna be some takeaways, but <laughs> you're missing the whole picture. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're missing the whole picture. So, um, so I'm. I just recently finished the text, and I'm gonna go through it again. And right now, I'm about almost halfway through the workbook. So, how how does this apply to you know your vision of the world in this case, or your perception? Um. So. It just, it's a book that, it's not even the book, it's like the, the concepts in the book that challenge me to look at the world differently. Like, 
if I'm in a situation where there's conflict instead of jumping to conclusions and making assumptions and pointing the finger at the other person it's about taking a step back and looking at the situation differently um, in a way where it's like well didn't we talk that uh, about that in the last episode like you don't know what you don't know sometimes yeah but in this case you're looking at it from maybe there's not like a bad intention exactly it's like never making assumptions and and letting there be an opportunity to be another another possibility for why things are happening the way they are and um anyway it, it seems to work like every time i apply forgiveness in a situation um, the outcome is always probably the best outcome that maybe it's not the outcome I th- thought it would be, but it ultimately in the end is always the best outcome. It isn't necessarily the best outcome for you or the best outcome in an absolute way. It, yeah, I think it's not. Yeah. So it's not about just me. And that's why you know, we talked about the secret and how it's kind of it's it feels a bit oh. icky. Cause no, we, it's all about- remember, we finished the last episode saying, you know, uh, is it for if forgiveness like the the quote about happiness forgiveness is so great that doesn't you know yeah it's not it's not about you when you forgive people it actually works towards them not towards the person who forgives yeah it's like there's a collective goal as opposed to just a a self-interested goal and i don't think you're gonna find happiness in personal gain if 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 you think that's what the point of law of attraction or the secret or any of that that is for it, I think there's some truth to it if you've experienced it. But um, but the goal, I think, I think that's why forgiveness came up for me and this all came up for me because it was an opportunity to really understand that um, it wasn't the personal gain that was going to bring me happiness and joy so you, you you follow your own path in the way you, you know you you got to this your own way is, is it that would you recommend to people is like if someone's interested in like looking more into spiritualism in, in a whole thing or, or or the course of miracles in itself uh you know what, what's the path you think they should they should follow so I don't think it's like nihilism where I can just say, oh, here are some resources for you. Um, like, na- like nihilism is so easy, right? No, I know. <laughs> Maybe that was a bit naive of me to say. I guess I could just provide resources, but I just... Um, well, yeah. Wikipedia might have an <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right. Wikipedia, you could look up spiritualism on Wikipedia and it will tell you You can do the definition, but things. yeah. And you're, I, I, I completely understand that nihilism... Because if like nothing matters, in the sense you can't really go that deep in spiritualism, you can follow a path. I don't think nihilism has like this long-term thing. So I think a spiritual path can be very individualized, and so it might sound a bit superficial. But if you're open to taking this type of path, then that path will reveal itself to you as you're ready to receive certain information or materials um, that you're ready to 
absorb or accept as they come to you. So, so in this case, we were saying, I think we we talked about this before, before even the podcast, like starting with the podcast. It's about reading the signs the way you want to read them. In the sense, like the signs might always been there, but now you're aware of them. Yeah, I guess you could put it that way. But it's also it's like tuning. But awareness is a big it's a big point. It's right? tuning into your intuition because you can read anything into anything that you want to. Like you could say, "Oh, I saw this sign, therefore I should do this." But that's not necessarily the case. Like I think it takes time to build up um, trust in your your intuitive because we're so used to listening so to your perception you would say so basically do you think people will, are going to make mistakes in the way they're reading signs for absolutely some... you're going to make mistakes <laughs> because um it's like fine-tuning that that voice in your head that that knows what's best for you but it's difficult to listen to at first so, so in your case signs started with mandela effects right well mandela effects i don't think it was a sign it was just an experience that helped me realize that reality isn't so solid and i needed that experience before i was ready to go to the next stage which was i think to realize that my mind is a lot more powerful than i think or that i thought and that was the law of attraction phase okay so if 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 there's Someone interested in, in this case, A Course of Miracles. What's a good place to start? Like, uh, we understand that this book is like, a, it's a heavy thing. It's a heavy book, and I so, don't recommend just diving into A Course in Miracles. So what is the light version of that? When you're not ready to accept or absorb information, even if you read it, you're not going to retain any of the information. So you're asking me about a book that I recommend. So... Um, there's this graphic novel by Alexander Marchand called The Universe is a Dream. And it's a really nice visual summary of the contents of A Course in Miracles. Is this the one I saw? Or, no, the one, the one I read was The Universe is Virtual, right? He has got two graphic novels related to A Course in Miracles. And so, but, one of them's a more, it's, it's looking at how science is going to change. Oh, Okay, Based so on... the universe is a dream is the one is is something you can start with. You could start with that. Um, I think it's a good example of material that I read and I wasn't ready to absorb or accept the information, and so I I actually read this book twice, and the second time it felt like it was the first time I was reading it. So uh, before this was before you read it the second time before or after the Course of Miracles. I read it while I was reading the text of A Course in Miracles. Okay. So it was in tandem. So maybe if I'd read it before starting, but I think it would have been the same because the information is the same. It's just. Okay. So, so what you're saying is basically if you're not open to get the stuff, you might not be able to get it and you might just read through it, not really get it and then go back. So, so, so even if it's in a more simple format, so that's why I wanted to perhaps 
give another example of so an actual book, not like a graphic novel, but an actual book. Yeah. So the universe is a dream is really um, a summary of a course in miracles. Another book that's perhaps the more easily digested is called the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And um, there are concepts in that book that do mirror um, concepts in a course of miracles that maybe i don't know if it's even easily digested there as well it's just some of the information i think can be upsetting wait is the four agreements the one that shows up in barry yeah barry it's referenced in yeah. barry the edgio uh show <laughs> i laughed really hard when we were watching that because i'd already read the four agreements and this is what happens i i find when you start a spiritual path you notice all these coincidences and well i didn't get the reference obviously when we were watching the show and you were like oh my god that's a four agreements and i was like what <laughs> yeah and and it doesn't mention it like no no once it mentioned it like two or three times there's like references to this book yeah so if you read that book you'll understand that relationship between hank and the head of the bolivian uh well i read that hank just wants to have friends He's looking for friends. He wants to be. He wants a new friend every time. Well, he loses one, but yeah, I don't know if that has relationship with the book. But so anyway, we don't want to give spoilers for that sure. show either. But um, yeah, the Four Agreements. I I recommend that uh, book as a starting place. Cool. So let's try to like wrap this up at this point. I think we we went pretty deep in in a lot of concepts. But uh, if there's anything. Like, is there any final thoughts or anything you think we, we should talk when we talk about, like, you know, a, a guide to spiritualism that we haven't mentioned? Um, well, I was just thinking about maybe some of the parallels between my brand of spiritualism and your brand of nihilism and how they kind of overlap a little bit. Um, so just to give an example in the Course in Miracles and the the first lesson in the workbook, it the first lesson is nothing I see means anything. And lesson two is I have given everything I see the meaning that it has for me. And so if you stop there, really the Course in Miracles you it starts off as kind of a nihilist Oh yeah, till then everything made but, sense to me, yeah. <laughs> but then it, it the but then it veers off because it brings in, um, I guess, other spiritual concepts. So, what is there anything else? So, I, I just wanted to say, so we can both agree that this world has no inherent meaning. Well, well so yeah. In, At in least that we case, agree on that. In last episode, we did agree, you know, that uh, ego, like trying to get rid of ego is a good thing. Forgiveness is a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, there's there's like even like certain concepts might not you might not agree hundred percent that you know they are part of a you know they're so it's, where it's still good to follow. So where things I think um, so where the course differs a lot um, is where a stu- is where a student of the course would eventually understand that he or she is also god or an extension of god so in that case we have to take responsibility for the world that we see because ultimately we created it 
Wait, that 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 sounds a bit hardcore to to, to finish with. And and the, wait, so, say <laughs> say so, wait, say, so you think you're God in a sense that you're God or you're God because everyone is God. Everyone is God. So the unity of of the consciousness, the, the all consciousness is everyone. That we co-created this reality to fulfill a desire to. But to this reality or this unreality? This unreality. We need to start calling it an unreality <laughs> more regularly. So anyway, it's just, uh, so this unreality is an illusion that we co-created to fulfill a desire to experience a state of separation as opposed to a state of oneness, which is our natural state, So, which is also love. I think one, one of the other things is, so is the universe, the universe a turd? Yes. Can you polish it? No. Well, you can, but you shouldn't. So Don't me, try. Because Meatbusters actually showed that you can polish a turd, but you shouldn't. You can, but it's still a turd, even if it's shiny. And the results are temporary, right? Yes. I well, guess we can let, end it there. That sounds good. Till the next episode. Bye.